Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. starting to turn and that we are entering fall, although it's anything but here, mild in the Pacific Northwest and uh, a record 80 degree days. We we don't see this type of stuff, but that's another subject for another night. However, in other parts of the country, the weather is changing and the fall briskness is in the air. It's my favorite time of the year, as you know. To talk about things such as ghosts and hauntings. But tonight we're going to expand beyond that and to talk about uh, many mysterious events. In fact, maybe one of the most mysterious places on earth, the Alaska Triangle. It could be up there with the Bermuda Triangle. Certainly there have been many People by the tens of thousands that have gone missing up in the Alaska Triangle, much like many have gone missing planes and ships and whatnot in the Bermuda Triangle. And to talk about this tonight, we have the author of Alaska's Mysterious Triangle, Mike Ricksecker, a researcher. He's a filmmaker. He's been featured on Travel Channel's The Alaska Triangle, Animal Planets, The Haunted, Bio Channel's My Ghost Story, and many, many other programs. He's also the director and the producer of the Shadow Dimension docuseries. Mike, welcome into the Parabnormal. Good to have you here. Uh, My favorite time of the year, the month of October. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I really love October. It's it's a great month, great time of year. Uh, the month kind of started with a little bit of that uh, aftermath of the um, you know, of the hurricane, but uh, la- the whole last week out here in Cleveland, Ohio, has been uh, pretty lovely. It is definitely mild uh, in many many places of the country, but but the change in the air is a coming. What have you found up in the Alaska Triangle? And I guess before we get started, describe the area if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know the Alaska Triangle. I mean, we're talking, yeah, you know, an area like you were saying, much like the Bermuda Triangle, and we find these different types of areas all over the world. 
And uh, with Alaska, it's it's a massive area. You know, people kind of don't realize how large Alaska is. It's two and a half times the size of Texas. The Triangle area itself basically extends from Juneau in the south to Anchorage in the middle, then all the way up to Yukiavik at the top. So about 188,000 square miles. But, um, you know, that's that's us as humans trying to, you know, give some boundaries to this activity that actually extends well beyond the boundaries. And these, I guess, would run the gamut. Reports of not only, as I said, ghosts and hauntings, but obviously UFOs and uh, portals, uh, even, as I said, missing people and, and planes and uh, even shipwrecks and the kind, right? Yeah, absolutely. You have all that kind of activity. Uh, it's you know, similar, again, to what you see in Bermuda or the Dragon Triangle out there by uh, Japan. There's actually a Lake Michigan Triangle and uh, you know several of these locations. But yeah, you know, it's you know, missing, missing planes, missing people. Uh, when it comes to Alaska, uh, the numbers are, are staggering. 16,000 people have gone missing since 1988. And you look at the, the population of, of this state, it's about you know, the same population as the city of San Francisco. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, you know, the percentage, the percentages on that are, are really astounding for that many people to go missing. But you also have the paranormal activity. Uh, you have uh, UFO sightings. You have the cryptids. A lot of different things going on up there. Is there some explanation for what's at play there? Maybe it's a, a, a vortex or a portal of something of the kind. Well, that's the idea. Uh, you know, a portal would be uh, something that would be a result of the, the vortex energy. But basically the idea, and, and the U.S. Uh, Department of the Interior did some electromagnetic surveys up there back in the uh, 1960s. And they discovered what, discovered what they described as negative anomalies, negative magnetic anomalies up there. But the idea is basically that in these areas you have that... Uh, that magnetic energy from the Earth's core, the vortex energy that is, you know, welling up. And basically, as that uh, magnetism uh, permeates through the Earth's mantle and the crust, it's interacting with different metals and minerals and these sorts of things. And depending on what it runs into along the way, that's where it can create these different uh, magnetic fields. Now, with Alaska, you have other factors at play as well. So not only do you have the Earth's magnetism, you have uh, volcanic activity there that creates its own energy. You have seismic uh, activity. The largest earthquake ever recorded uh, in history in North America was right there in the Anchorage area uh, in the 1960s. And then uh, you have the uh, uh, you know the solar flares that bombard the area. The Earth's uh, magnetic shield there is actually weaker. Uh, it's a little bit thinner there. And that's why we have the aurora borealis is you have those uh, protons and electrons coming from the solar flares that are bombarding that area. So you have this uh, magnificent cocktail of different energies in that area that's spawning off all this strange activity. Give us an idea of what else people have reported to have witnessed and gone through there in the Alaska Triangle. I mean, there's a lot of uh, strange activities, you know, pick a category and, yeah. <laughs> and, and there it is. You know, we talk about okay. you know, like, I'll you pick know. a category. <laughs> what, what about, sure. what about shadow beings? Because that really runs the gamut that these could be, uh, I guess, human shaped shadow beings, but also, uh, I guess, shadows in the form of animals, right? 
Yeah, yeah, the, uh, when it comes to shadow beings, and I have a whole other entire book on that in and of itself, a Walk in the Shadows, a complete guide to shadow people. But yeah, they can take the form of a lot of different things. They, um, you know, it's not just a human figure, although that's you know pretty much the most you know commonly reported. So they could be human figures. They could be human figures wearing clothes. They could be very translucent. They could be what we call a mist or a wisp. Um, but yes, they can also take the forms of uh, of animals as well. Uh, so, and you, people report a, a, a large variety, whether it's dogs, cats, snakes, spiders, um, and people see all kinds of things. I guess anything from like black masses to, to mist to uh, full body apparitions, even humanoid kinds of uh, entities, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when I was stationed up there uh, in Alaska, I was in the Air Force uh as a <laughs> as a very young man uh 92 to 95 uh stationed at Elmendorf Air Force Base and uh I spent two of those three years in the basement of the Alaska Command Building in a, a secure facility uh communications facility there and in the back office area we routinely saw shadows moving about back there uh, you know, between the cubicles, darting into a back corner, we even on occasion would see them uh, in what we, you know, we, what we called the rack room, where it's you know we had a lot of partition communications racks and routers and multiplexers and things like that. Uh, we would see them darting in there on occasion, and uh, it's interesting because the the rumor at the time that I was there, you had to be kind of hush hush about it because you know, you didn't want to find yourself down at mental health, which is where you would you right. would find yourself if you if you talked about uh, that too vocally. But um, kind of the the whispers amongst everybody was that the the building had once been a hospital, and where we were at was the morgue. But what's interesting about that is. Um, when I did the research for the book, I mean, that's a story that I had for, you know, like 25 years. And so that's what I was going to write about. But then when uh, it got to actually, you know, doing the research on the building, I discovered, no, the building was uh, being used for exactly what it was built for, which is command. It's always been a command center. So then I had to, to wonder and theorize, okay, then why were we seeing shadows down there in this, in this communication center? So, that's where we start getting into other ideas about uh, perhaps uh, interdimensional activity, perhaps time slips, that sort of activity, which, of course, you know, the magnetism of the triangle could spawn off. There's also been reports over time of these beings have very uh, ominous looking eyes, uh, sometimes described as glowing eyes. Have you heard those reports as well? They can. I mean, not not always. Uh, <laughs> it depends on the shadow. There's a, again, there's a large variety of different types of, of shadow beings, but they can have the red eyes. Uh, or well, and they also I, I've heard reports of other colors: yellow, green, purple. Uh, and people try to attribute some sort of attribute to the the specific color, but um, but really, it's just you know these can have glowing eyes. And the the uh, red eyed shadow entities are generally considered a more nefarious type of of shadow entity. And of course, uh, you know, people are very frightened of those sorts of things. And really the, the most, cause yeah, I spent a, a lot of time as a paranormal investigator and the, the most malevolent case that I was ever on actually dealt with a red eyed shadow entity. So, uh, so yeah, they can, uh, I mean, it's around Halloween time. So you could say, yeah, they're pretty spooky. 
One of the most common occurrences that we've heard, particularly with the Bermuda Triangle, and I'm guessing it's not any different with the Alaska Triangle, is that of missing airplanes. In fact, that may be a more common occurrence, or maybe not. Uh, I guess how many reports are there of, of planes going down, and do we know about missing crew and number of people and, and uh, any wreckage that's been uncovered, that sort of thing? Well, when you're talking about the Alaska Triangle, you know, the most famous cases from 1972, the Boggs baggage disappearance, those, uh, you know, House Majority Leader Hale Boggs and uh, Alaska Congressman Nick Begich, along with a couple of others that, uh, you know, took off from Anchorage, headed toward Juneau and disappeared somewhere in the Portage Pass. Uh, nothing has ever been found of that plane ever again. Uh, you know, it was the largest search and rescue mission in U.S. history at that point in time. Thousands of people were deployed out to there. They uh, implemented spy planes trying to find that plane. Nothing has ever been found uh, e- even since then. No no shred of wreckage or anything. It's it's like it completely disappeared. But, you know, that's not that's not the only case. Yeah, there are, uh, you know, dozens of reports of planes going missing uh, throughout Alaska. Another one of the more famous ones would be 1950. It was a uh, huge Douglas Skymaster plane taken off from Elmendorf Air Force Base, 44 personnel aboard, and flying. Uh, they basically crossed over from Alaska into Canada, or somewhere around the snag area when all of a sudden all contact was lost. They never reported any distress or anything like that, just you know, completely lost contact. And again, uh, masses amount of uh, the personnel were deployed to try to find them. Nothing was ever found. But what's interesting about that one is um, just afterward, a couple of weeks later, there was a smaller plane that went down around that same area. They found that one immediately, still could not find the Douglas Skymaster. And on either side of the date that it went missing, you had UFO reports. So you have some speculation, one, you know, did, did it somehow disappear through a portal or, or that sort of thing? Or two, was it possibly abducted by extraterrestrials? So, you know, we don't know for sure, but there's definitely a lot of different theories. Absolutely. We could talk uh, at length about those. Uh, one of the other situations at play here is UFO sightings. Has, has there been a mass UFO sighting within the Alaska Triangle? Well, Alaska seems to be one of the more active areas uh, in the country for UFO sightings. Now, it's you know kind of an ideal location if you were to be uh, you know, an extraterrestrial from whether it's another planet or another dimension or wherever you're coming from, it, it, because Alaska is so remote. You know, it's so sparsely populated. You have a, a lot of areas that have not yet been explored. You have mountain ranges that you know there, there's not even a road going up there or if you um you know have a submergible uh vessel you know you have three million lakes up there in alaska and a coastline that's larger than the rest of the united states coastline combined uh so plenty of places to hide uh, but you have a lot of you know reported sightings as well uh you know the most famous would be the uh, 1986 japanese airlines sighting in which uh you know this actually got the uh uh, the FAA involved, the CIA, the FBI, Reagan's uh, administration had a science team involved in it. And basically, the CIA shut it down. But uh, in this particular sighting, uh, it was a uh, Japanese airline. Uh, it was a cargo plane. And the captain and the crew uh, had seen this this vessel, what we would call a UFO, basically uh, shadowing the plane. And they, you know, they were on the horn to the uh, 
Anchorage Air Traffic Control. Uh, a United Airlines uh, flight got in touch with it uh, or got involved with the situation. And so uh, it was a very, very interesting incident until the thing actually you know, finally took off. And the fact that the CIA put the kibosh on it, uh, it was fascinating since you, know, you had Reagan science team that wanted more information. The CIA said, no, 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 no we're done here. Any reports of UFOs and planes crossing paths, like any near uh, collisions? Because if there is some sort of magnetic field or some sort of vortex in this area, uh, that could cause seemingly craft of both kinds, those piloted by, by humans and or by extraterrestrials, to seemingly be put on a collision course. Yeah, well, you had that with the Japanese Airlines uh, flight there. You know, back in the uh, back in the forties, you had uh, some U.S. Navy airplanes, uh, some scout planes that had gotten involved with uh, some UFOs around the uh, around the Kodiak area. So you definitely see that from time to time. Interesting. Uh, as far as other strange activity up there. When people are reporting that they are seeing ghosts, do they see other uh, paranormal phenomenon associated with those sightings? Well, you know, you, you, <laughs> there there's some interesting tales from up there when it comes to ghosts, whether it's just a straight up, you know, ghost story, lady in white sort of sighting. Uh, you have reports in an old mining camp of uh, headstones that that seemingly disappear. Uh, you also have the the reports of you know various shadows and things like that, uh, phantom screams. You know, one one thing that I found interesting in researching the uh, paranormal activity in the area is you know, it's a lot of you know old hotels and or old bordellos. You know, people don't really think of Alaska in these terms, but in the late eighteen hundreds, uh, early nineteen hundreds, there you know, there was a gold rush in the uh, in the Klondike area and people would travel through Alaska to access that area even though it was in Canada the ports of call were actually in Alaska and so that sprouted a number of these different hotels and bordellos and you would have um, you know a, a couple that whether they're married or they're engaged or what have you that would make that trip up there to strike their fortune, uh, the male significant other, whether it was a fiance or a husband, would go off to, uh, you know, basically mine the gold. The wife was left behind at the hotel, and then when he didn't come back, suddenly, you know, she would, uh, you know, take up as as a prostitute there, and then of course the significant other would come back and then murder <laughs> the. Uh, uh, you know, the wife or the girlfriend or whoever it was that you find that story in so many of these different old hotels and bordellos and inns uh, throughout the Alaska area. So makes you wonder how many of them are actually true. But uh, people attest to the hauntings there of of these people that, you know, have seemingly lost their lives there. What about lost civilizations? Any evidence of that? And And then I guess if there is... Do we have any indication or any theory whether those were made by humans or not? You know, it's interesting there because uh, you have the stories of of the Black Pyramid that um, may be 
hiding and buried underneath uh, Mount Denali up there, which really all we have to go on are some anecdotal stories from, uh, you know, people who have somehow been involved uh, with operations that may be going on there and a report of a seismic test that was done uh, in the early 1990s that was only ever witnessed on one news report that aired in Anchorage at that time. And it's seemingly been uh, covered up since then. So it's hard to really pinpoint it. But within that area where it's supposed to be uh, are some remains of some sort of human activity from long ago. But hard uh, hard again to substantiate it, uh, whether that's part of the Black Pyramid or something else going on. Uh, but you do find evidence of of giant bones in the area. There have been uh, cemeteries uncovered with, the, with uh, either giant bones or giant skulls and these sorts of things. And when you look back into the old uh, Inuit legends and lore. They talk about these giants uh, coming over from Siberia across the old uh, land bridge that had once been there. And uh, and basically they would interbreed with the, uh, you know, with, with the natives there. Some of them predated the natives there. And when you look at the details of the story, what's uncanny about it is they really... Uh, have a lot of parallels to the old uh, Nephilim stories from, um, you, know, we, you know, we're talking like a, a old biblical type stories uh, of, of the Nephilim and the giants. And you're basically finding that same story in Alaska, which is really fascinating. How did it, how did that story get up there within uh, the native Alaskan culture? But you do find those stories there. Were there uh, reports of civilizations prior to humans generally, uh, you know, in the Alaska area, I guess, whether underwater or not? Well, it's possible. Uh, you know, we we don't know for sure because so much is either, you know, buried under the ground or buried under ice. And we just haven't really had that kind of exploration up there. Uh, but. You, know, you do have basically the stories of these possibilities of things that were there. Uh, there's even a, a possible sphinx uh, that is in the area. And now, you know, you know, some of the uh, mainstream scientists will say, well, no, that's a natural rock feature. But then you have uh, others, like some of the natives or some alternative uh, researchers that are saying, no, that's actually a, uh, a carving uh, in ancient carving. What, who knows what civilization it may have been uh, that would have carved it. But, you know, they're saying you know, tens of thousand years old. So uh, we don't know because you can't, you know, carbon date rock. Uh, precisely. So what are your thoughts on some of these beings, uh, the possibility of them being interdimensional? Well, I think a lot of what we're dealing with, when we're talking something like, uh, you know, paranormal activity or shadow entities or something like that, or even some of these missing airplanes. Um, you know, we may be talking about some sort of interdimensional activity, some uh, something coming from some other plane of existence, you know, whether from another planet out in the cosmos somewhere if a, there's a uh, civilization out there that knows how to be able to uh, you know, travel interdimensionally or something that's here on our planet something that would be an ultra terrestrial uh, something that's you know living and coexisting with us but on another plane of existence within another dimension and knows how to uh, to cross that plane and so I think that's what's happening here in a lot of cases. You know, it, it could even be, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, time travel 
uh, incident. You know, if you think about some of these planes that that go missing, you know, like the Douglas Skymaster, some people speculate that you know it may have uh, you know passed through some sort of portal, perhaps to another dimension, you know, or to another point in time. And if it's the latter, where it traveled to some other point in time, well, let's throw a number out there. Let's say it went 500 years into the past. Well, if you know, what, who do you have up there 500 years ago? You would have the, the native Inuit. And if they saw something like that suddenly morph into the air, it would have no context to know what an airplane is. They would relate it to what they know, which would be birds. You know, here's this giant, loud, thunderous bird in the air. And that may be where we're getting some of our le- uh, some of our Thunderbird legends. It very well uh, possibly uh, could be. What about uh, some of the ghost stories that you've uncovered through some of the other projects that you uh, have written about? Uh, do you have some favorites? Because you know we're just a couple of weeks from Halloween, and I think now would be the time to maybe crap crack open that book and and share one of these with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had a lot of different experiences. I've, like I said, I spent a lot of time as a paranormal investigator. But you know, one of my favorite um, is it was at Mineral Springs Hotel in Alton, Illinois, some years back now, and we had been running uh, an event, a uh, uh, paranormal convention there, and the investigation was part of it. And it was late at night. Uh, it was really just starting to wind down. There was a handful of us left, and we were in the upstairs abandoned part of the hotel. Uh, doing some EVP work in the one corner room. And all of a sudden we start hearing some noise from out in the hallway. So it's five of us go out there and we have a look and you know, looking down the hallway and from at the end of the hall, at first we thought maybe there was a fire because there was this black smoke that was billowing up at the end of the hall and started coming closer and started coming closer and started doing something very unusual. Started creeping up the wall on the right-hand side of the hall. And it would creep back down and creep back up. All the while, it's coming closer and closer. And finally, one of those times that it creeped up the wall on the right-hand side, it morphed into the apparition of a little girl. And then you know we're starting to try to coax her closer and closer. And she stopped at this one particular doorway uh, in that hallway where through that door into that room, you know, other people over the years had reported seeing a little girl in that room. And now it's like, here she was in the hallway right outside the doorway. We're finally uh, seeing her. Now, what's interesting is I told you there were five of us there. Uh, we all saw her a little bit differently. So like I saw her fully formed from her head down to about her knees and then she dissipated away where others had seen her fully formed at the feet and then she uh, started to dissipate away at the head. So um, to me, that kind of adheres to the idea and theory that, um, you know, we each, you know, well, the human body, you know, resonates within a certain uh, frequency range, but everybody resonates a little bit differently. And it's kind of the idea that because we each, you know, have our own energy resonate at a different frequency that, uh, you know, this being that's there in front of us who also has their own uh, energy and frequency in which it resonates, that that's why we're all seeing her a little bit differently, even though it was five of us that distinctly saw her. Mike, are you going anywhere haunted or uh, purportedly haunted for Halloween? Uh, well, that that weekend uh, for Halloween, I'm going to be at the Warren's Paracon. Uh, that's October 29th. Uh, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. So uh, 
we'll be there having a good time. I'll be speaking about uh, shadow entities at that particular event. So that that's that's Halloween weekend for me. Absolutely, uh, Halloween following on following uh, on a weeknight doesn't really work for the uh, for the adults, but yet it's really much uh, more of a thing for the kids. At least the the, the trick or treating part is. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the program. Really enjoyed the the story the stories here tonight. I hope we can talk again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Again, Mike's website, MikeRicksecker.com. Links to his social media up on the website as well. You see him on travel channels, the Alaska Triangle, Animal Planets, the Haunted, and Bio Channels, My Ghost Story, among other places. He's also got uh, his own YouTube channel and appears on some other shows as well. So make sure to check all that out. We will be uh, taking this show on the road this Saturday night uh, when we go to Oregon City for Nightmare on Main Street. That's kind of our Halloween show this year. And uh, we'll have that for you at a special time of 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. So for those who are used to tuning in on uh, Saturday nights at 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern, just make sure that you show up early so you don't miss the first half hour of the program. We're going to be talking with paranormal investigators, some historians, some psychics, and who knows else uh, who may stop by. We've got the details for those who want to join us on our website and on Facebook. Uh, RSVP there to the event page if you plan to join us in person. It's at 814 Main Street in Oregon City at 630. For those in Oregon or the Pacific Northwest, I would love to see you in the flesh it has been a little while since we've gotten together uh at least regularly so i'd like to uh, continue to uh, get out and and meet the audience it's always wonderful to see you folks uh, when you stop by and you say hello and you let me know you've been listening for however long and how you heard about the program and what you like and what you don't like and what you want more of. I really appreciate it. It keeps me going and we'll be back next week although it is a truncated schedule uh, because of some things going on in my personal life um, that we have to just make some adjustments for, but those are all wonderful things. I've really been blessed personally and professionally. From the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon in the remote Pacific Northwest, I am Jeremy Scott, somewhere between abnormal and paranormal. Until we talk to you next time, friends, good evening. And God bless.